New York's talk station with the king of New York. Curtis Lewa, 77 WABC. learned from the last hour, left versus right, that I can't be friends with Anthony Weiner because he's a convicted felon, right? Oh, that was good. That was a good back and forth. Bang, 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 bang. But now, ladies and gentlemen, it's relegated to just me and all of you because I don't ever do guests unless management and ownership come in with loaded nine millimeters and put it to my head and say, this guy or this gal you're going to interview. Okay, no mas, no mas. I'm like a cat with nine lives. I've already used eight of them. I'm not going to push my luck. But let me open up the phone lines. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. An extended marathon of uh, always broadcasting Curtis this weekend. Started on Thursday, Thanksgiving. All day Friday, all day Saturday today, and all day Sunday tomorrow. I added it up. It'll be a total of 48 hours with everybody taking vacation time or they claim, oh, I tripped to fame, you know, I'm too tired. Uh, that Mama Luke, uh, Frank Morano, claiming he's got a fever in his foot. Another one, I'm not going to mention his name. I need a mental health day. You kyaka down, you Pinocchio. You give up your real estate, your talk time, and Curtis Lee was like a Pac-Man, Pac-Woman. I just... Oh, wait a second. If I'm a Pac-Man and Pac-Woman, that makes me non-binary, right? I could be anything at any given time of the day or night, dependent on my mood, per the hour, per the day, per the week, per the year. There's 72 different gender and sexual relationship status points. That I can determine I am. And you have to respect that. Morning, noon, and night. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. So I'm going to tell you how I ended up bamboozling this hour and (laughs) inhaling it, right? And I ain't giving it back. So uh, for the past few weeks, the guy in charge of imaging, Chris Libertini here, who at times, hey, give me my music here. This is Curtis Sliwa. The hell? Right? It's like you're a new jack. Don't you know I get the mood, the flow? It's different than anybody else here at WABC because I conflate the music with the theme. And so Chris Libertini, who's been here for a month of Sundays, but he's really an FM veghead, FM standing for freaking morons, feeble-minded, fornicating madly, free marijuana, and Frank Morano. And, oh, yeah, recently Frank McKay, who's the head of our WLIR operation in the East End, the FM uh, stick. You see, that's where the oscillator merges with the discronificator on the 50,000 powerful watts of sound at our tower in Lodot. And now it's starting to get dark. At the point of darkness, we're going to be heard in 38 states, parts of Canada, a sliver of Europe, and right on down to Davy Jones's locker between the Bahamas and Bermuda, where Cousin Brucey got his first start in Bermuda, not in New York. In Bermuda. Oh, you learn something when you listen to Curtis Lewis, but I digress. The way I was able to get this hour was Chris Libertini was doing best of the podcast. First off, you know me, I've been perfectly honest. I hate podcasts. I believe in live and local radio. My my plumber has a podcast. My dentist has a podcast. The whole world has a podcast. Ted Cruz, U.S. Senator from Texas, who I hate, I loathe, I despise. If you listen to me tonight, when I take you to the break of dawn from 12 to 6, you're going to hear Ted Cruz bragging that he has the most listened to podcast in the world. What a Pinocchio he is. I don't believe in podcasts, although we have them here at WABC and they catalog mine. And it's sponsored by Trinity Rehab. There's a whole panoply of social networking that they do. But prime time is live and local radio. It is the most intimate form of communication. So when I heard the so-called best of these podcasts, and to be quite honest, some of these people that they had on, I couldn't even understand what they were talking about. And it wasn't their English. It's like they, uh, they were on Adderall. You know, the hipsters and millennials. Adderall is a form of legal amphetamines. 
I couldn't understand a word they were saying. Now, if I couldn't understand it as an Altacock at 68, I know our audience couldn't. So I'm like tearing off to owner-operator John Katzmatidis, who's a great talk show host in its own right. So, John, you're the, you've made this the number one news talk station in the nation. What is this crap that we got on? And Chris Libertini, oh, give me another chance. And every week, four to five, you got worse and worse and worse. And then just to give you a little inside info, tonight I'm doing a one-hour extravaganza on Walter Winchell. We didn't even mention him during the 100-year anniversary of WABC. One of the greatest radio broadcasters of all time. Every Sunday night, he reached out to 6,000 stations when radio was king. What was his mothership? WABC. Chris Libertini, Walter Winchell, huh? You know, Matt Drudge, who was here on Sunday nights when he had the largest rating of anyone ever Sunday nights because he wanted to be like his mentor, Walter Winchell. Die. <sighs> and then he did like Ross and Wilson, who were here for like a cup of coffee. They were here like, uh, what, eight, eight months? He did a whole tribute to them. No, no, no. I'm taking over. And we're going to eventually have a tribute to the man who made it possible for me to be talking so much on WABC, the king of all talk radio, Bob Grant of local talk radio. Obviously, Rush Limbaugh was the king of nationally syndicated talk radio, and they were both in our stable. That's why we're proud, and we're going to be proud to talk about Walter Winchell, who fought the Nazis using the radio against Father Coughlin in the little flower parish outside of Detroit, who was promoting the Nazis before the war, and Walter Winchell was taking on all the Nazi lovers and risking his life, and FDR deferred to him. Not to Father Coughlin, not to Lindbergh, not to the America Firsters. Oh, you're going to learn a lot tonight. And you're not going to go to sleep until the break of dawn because I'm going to let you know things about WABC you're entitled to know as the number one news talk station in the nation. But let's get to the here and now. I got to tell you, look at all these fair-weather friends of Donald Trump. Let me establish my bona fide on this. Before 2016, before Donald Trump came out of nowhere to become the Republican nominee, beating every opponent, 17 people vying for the nomination, being nominated in Cleveland, and then going on to the unexpected victory over Hillary Rodham Clinton, who's still in that fetal position at Jacob Javits Center. Still in that fetal position. And then only to lose to Joe Biden. Yes, sorry, Trumpers, he lost fair and square. But I have seen a wholesale evacuation of all these Trumpers. Oh, I love Trump. First, with Congressman Peter King swimming off the SS Trump and coming to my tugboat because I was the captain and still am. Of the never-Trumpers, you know, I'm a rhino, a Republican in name only. Although, remember, the rhino is the fiercest animal in the jungle. When the rhino goes to drink at the watering hole, not even the elephants or the lions interfere. Because if they turn around and they charge you with that horn and gore you, you're dead. So I'm looking at all these people. Bo Deedle all of a sudden swimming to it. Sorry, no life raft, no lifeboat. You're not going to capsize my uh, never-Trumper... Uh, boat here, the SS Rhino, and they're all jumping, but maybe the one who I despise, I loathe the most, who has proven without a doubt to be outreditor, if it were the Ides of March, and Trump was still president of the United States, because he always fancied himself as Julius Caesar anyway, right? I mean, he really did. Here it is, Donald Trump would be walking to the United States Senate. And somebody would say, a two, Chris Christie? You're going to hear it. And it's all about this uh, dinner. Guess who's coming to dinner, Donald Trump? Who? It's Yee Yeezy, a.k.a. the screwball crazy man, Kanye West. Now, I've known Donald Trump before he became president for 30 years. I had a love-hate relationship with him. To be kind to him, he's eccentric. And he is the kind of guy you could show up, and all of a sudden, he doesn't vet you out. You're like, oh, come on in. Remember how his chiefs of staff, from Rinse Out Grievance, who was his first chief of staff, to every general he then had as his chief of staff would say, the president drives me nuts. Somebody shows up at the White House 
They say, I know Donald Trump. And then the president says, let him in. As the Secret Service is saying, Mr. President, you can't let this person in. Let him in. Now he's in Mar-a-Lago. He doesn't have the same fortress surrounding him. He doesn't have the same gatekeepers. So I can easily see the crazy Yee shows up with his MAGA hat on. Yeezy, without baby got back Kim Kardashian, Kanye West, I could easily see him calling up on President Donald Trump's celly and say, yo, it's Yee. You know, um, in proximity is okay. I dropped by Mar-a-Lago. I could see Donald Trump saying, sure. Uh, when were you hoping to get here? I'll figure about dinner time. No problem. We'll put a spread out on the patio. You know, I'll send Jeeves out to Wendy's because he always likes fast food. Remember when University of Oklahoma, the NCAA champions came to the White House? He had a spread of all fast food. And you know Yee would say, yeah, I'm there. So Yee shows up, and they're out on the patio. And all of a sudden, he's got a whole posse. You know, like rappers always have. they got a whole posse, an entourage. And there's one guy who looks like little Nazi boy. He is. A guy named Fuentes, he's only 24, but he's already anti-Jew, doesn't believe in the Holocaust, and it's F.U. to almost everyone else. Now, to be honest with you, the former president of the United States probably did not know Fuentes, really didn't. And I got to tell you, knowing how Trump was and probably is now, now that he's no longer president... I seriously don't think anybody is vetting the guests who come with the main guest, who is Yee, Yeezy, a.k.a. Kanye West, MAGA man, insane in the brain, a kookalamunga, an anti-Semite, a man who loves Hitler and admired the Nazis. But then again, he's been saying that since 2018. And how many Jewish interviewers for TMZ and other outlets said, you really mean that, Yee? Yep. And they left it on the cutting room floor. So imagine if you're Yi, you're thinking they believe that too. That Hitler, oh, he was a glorious leader. The Nazis were good. Because every time he would say it, and he didn't hide the fact, he would always say it in interviews. They would cut it out. Because they had business interests with Yi, and they knew this would kill him and all their investments. Because let's face it, in the end, it's all about the money. Mad money, mad money. Whether it's Kyrie Irving, whether it's Yee, whether it's any number of anti-Semites, if they're making the money, if they're part of the corporate machine, a billionaire. You know how much apparel Yee was selling? How many Fortune 500 companies were pimping on his ride? And he was telling them, hey, what do you think of Hitler? I really admired the Nazis. He's telling Adidas who actually they were spurned from Nazis. They probably were telling him, well, you know, (laughs) that's sort of a sore subject with us here in Germany. You know, our grandfathers were Nazis, you know, with the Wehrmacht, the SS. We'd rather you not mention, oh, no, I really admired them. I admired Hitler. They never said anything. And then all of a sudden, Yee, a.k.a. Yeezy, a.k.a. Kanye West, started breaking wild as he has broken wild for years and people would say he's bipolar he's uh he's stitched he's got all the furniture upstairs and rearranged in the wrong rooms and remember he's not a degenerate street guy he grew up in the south side of chicago he was a mama's boy a mama luke he was not hardcore at all but listen to what he recently said about when he went to a doctor because he had been wearing the maga hat the red maga hat too tight on his big fat head. All right, get rid of the music. Let's start to cut all over again. I don't want to complicate this. This may be a little difficult for you. All right, let's go to ye. The thing about the red hat that drove me to a point of exhaustion, which was misdiagnosed by a, I'm not going to say what race, what people, uh, doctor, and what hospital, and what media went to. We know I can't say that. It was a Jewish doctor. (laughs) But he would always say that. He would always say that. It's just now people are like, yeah, you're no longer a billionaire. You may not even be a millionaire. Pretty soon you may be a shelter in the south side of Chicago. 
And now we're going to expose you, even though you've been saying all these crazy things since 2018. And then it was a sit-down with the former president of the United States on the patio at Mar-a-Lago. Kanye West came but never told the press he had a posse, a whole bunch of guests. And as he walked in with his MAGA hat, he said, Trump, guess who's coming to dinner? When Trump started basically screaming at me at the table telling me I was going to lose, I mean, has that ever worked for anyone in history? Telling <laughs> You're going to lose. Tell him he's going to lose. lose. Tell him. I'm like, well, well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, Trump. You're talking to Ye. Yay, ye. So Yeezy comes in and tells Trump, who's already announced that he's running for the presidency again on the Republican line and has to be considered the favorite. Depending on how many Republicans jump in and try to take him out in the primaries, the more that do that, the more likely that you end up with Donald Trump as your candidate. So Yee shows up. He sits down with his posse and he goes, I want to make you an offer you can't refuse, Donald. And Donald goes, what's that, Yee? I want you to be my vice president. I'm running for the presidency. Could I hear that cut again? I want you to hear how Donald Trump reacted to what had to be one of the most whacked out suggestions that anybody had ever made. Play that same cut again. Same one. Trump was most perturbed about me asking him to be my vice president. I think that was like lower on the list of things that caught him off guard. It was the fact that I walked in with intelligence. <laughs> you imagine Trump? What are you crazy? You, you nuts! I'm running for president. I was the former president. You didn't even qualify when you wanted to run for president. You couldn't even get enough signatures, even though you ended up paying about five thousand dollars a signature when all was said and done, and you couldn't even qualify to run. Anyway, then Kanye West claims. That Trump made up stories about him. You know that pissed off to Donald. He goes into the story about all that he went through to get Alice Johnson out of jail and how he didn't do it for Kim, but he did it for me. But then he goes on to say that Kim is a <laughs> You can tell her I said that. And I was thinking, like, that's the mother of my children. Meantime, this guy is showing triple X rated videos and photos of Kim Kardashian to strangers at O'Hare Airport in Chicago as he's waiting a United Airlines flight. Hey, this is my former wife. Look at look at how she was uh, orally fixating me here. Didn't mention his guests. Didn't mention his guests. And then all of a sudden, he got spiritual. Ye, yay, whatever the hell his name is, said that all policies should come from God's word, the Bible. Since we know, and all the Christians in America that love Trump know that Trump is a conservative, we're going to demand that you hold all policies directly to the Bible. To the Bible. Who's this? Reverend Ye, yay. This guy watches pornography 24-7-365. You know, he sounds like the father of that uh, non-binary guy who walked into that uh, uh, gay club in uh, Colorado Springs, killed five, wounded 18, who then it turned out his father was a Mormon who hates gays, was a former MMA boxer, fighter, but who does porno films. Now, how could you be a Mormon and do porno films? I mean, what's the difference between ye and that screwball? Meantime, we haven't mentioned the big question in the room sitting in the patio. A man named Fuentes who looked like a little Nazi youth. But you know something? I really do believe that Donald Trump had no idea who boy a Nazi was. When we come back, our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. And Shamu, El Jefe, Chris Christie, jumping from the top rope, all 500 pounds, body slamming Trump. Yeah, let me tell you, Shamu, we remember when you were sucking tuchus of the President of the United States. You couldn't be any more of a sycophant, Todia, and lackey. So which Chris Christie are we dealing with?
WABC. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. This is like smelling salts. Shamu El Hefe, Chris Christie. He is the number one sickle fan, Cody and Lackey. Even though Bruce never gives him any play. And little Stevie Van Zandt, schmata boy, right? You know, also from the Sopranos. He never gives him any play. He's like a socialist. You know who he's hanging out with? Stevie Van Zandt today on the Rockaways, the Irish Riviera. Our own Sid Rosenberg, who's interviewed him many times. Chris Christie calls up Stevie. Hey, Stevie, maybe we'll get together, click. Hey, Bruce, I'm traveling to Paris. You know, I see you're charging like $5,000 for tickets that are up there where the ozone layer is, click. This guy's a masochist. We're going to get to Shamuel Hefe, Chris Christie, who's trying to steal the limelight as if he's Donald Trump's worst nightmare. Not free. Well, let's go to... Uh, this guy named Fuentes, who's dominating the coverage today of uh, the former president of the United States having dinner with ye, yay, whatever the hell Kanye West is called, having uh, wearing his uh, red maggot hat. They're eating on the patio, and he's brought his whole posse, including little Nazi boy, a guy called Fuentes. Now, I got to tell you. As much as I don't like Trump, I got, I believe he really didn't know who this guy was. You ever see the rappers when they come in with their entourage? I, I've been in those shit. Yo, yo, what's up? What's up? What's up? You don't even know it. Like half of them just got out of Attica. You have no idea. You know, they're serial killers, you know. You have no idea. You're taking pictures with them. Nothing. It's probably happened to me a half a dozen times. But anyway, let's go to the man who's there, whose homeboy he brought... A guy named Fuentes who's blowing up this news cycle and it's looking bad for Trump. And imagine, I'm the only one telling you probably what went down. So Trump is really impressed with Nick Fuentes. And Nick Fuentes, unlike so many of the lawyers and so many people that he was left with on his 2020 campaign, he's actually a loyalist. When he didn't know what the lawyers is, you'll still have your lawyer list. And when all the lawyers said, forget it, Trump's done. There are loyalists running up yep. in the White House, right? And my question would be, why, when you had the chance, did you not free the January Sixers? And I came to him as someone who loves Trump, and I said, go and get Corey back. Go and get these people that the media tried to cancel and told you to step away from. He basically gives me this would-be mob-esque kind of story, talking to some kid from the south side of Chicago trying to sound mobby or whatever. Uh, Corey Lewandowski is referring to his original uh, campaign manager that he had to let go early on in 2016 when the guy had anger management issues. He'd start pushing reporters away, including women. Not that he was a perv, but he was over the top. And for Donald Trump to get rid of somebody who, quote, ye is a loyalist, takes a lot. Okay, takes a lot. But here is uh, the authority. Now, are we going to believe ye, yay, whatever he calls himself today about this boy Nazi Fuentes? Do we really think that Donald Trump said, oh, Mr. Fuentes, uh, I see you're a Nazi in good standing. You don't believe in the Holocaust. You hate Jews. Uh, You have a place in my table. Did you know that, hey, my son-in-law, yay, Kushner, yay, Jew. Uh, my grandchildren, Jews. Yeah, but, hey, Nazi boy, you can have a place. Did we really believe that? Now, there are a lot of people who hate Donald Trump. But look, this is like ganging up on somebody in a schoolyard. You know, I saw that many times, guys that I had beef with. And then I jump in and I try to protect them because this, this is like, it's like a gang is attacking him over nonsense. And then, of course, Shamu. El Jefe, Chris Christie, couldn't wait to attack a man that he at one point adored. But let's hear what he had to say about Donald Trump in terms of the midterm elections and in terms of his choice of the characters he hangs around with. 
And it's a, it's a, it's a huge loss for, for Trump. And again, it shows that his political instincts are not about the party. They're not about the country. They're about him. So there's one litmus test. If you say the 2020 election was stolen, I'm with you. And if you don't, I'm not. And your qualifications or your ability to win don't enter the evaluation. She wasn't... Shamu uh, Alhafe, Chris Christie, prepping Donald Trump for his presidential debates. Ah! But let me turn back the clock. Remember, there was a Shamuel Hefe, Chris Christie, who, uh, in the aftermath of Superstorm Sandy, while wearing his fleece sweater, never took it off. By God, he smelled, you could tell. Embraced Barack Obama and the president as they flew up and down the Jersey Shore in Marine One, together forever. Mitt Romney, that was it for you. And then, of course... There was Chris Christie running for the presidency. The presidency he might have had if he had heeded the call of the pig farmers from Iowa, where there were more pigs than people. When they came to Drum Thwackett, they met with him. That's the governor mansion in, outside of Princeton. When they said to uh, Chris Christie, we'll bankroll you. Come to the Caucasoy Caucus. You'll win. You're, you're the guy with fire in his belly. Because remember, there was no Donald Trump at the time. He was the Donald Trump. He said, nah, I'll wait. And then eventually Mitt Romney survived the process and he thought for sure, Mitt's going to choose me. Nope, psych, he chose Ryan, boy badger from Wisconsin. So Chris Christie said, man, I really got to get to the White House. I tried every conceivable way. And now I've lost in the primary to Donald Trump. Even though I went up to New Hampshire and I took care of little Mario Rubio. Little little Rubio, right? Remember? Smacked him around on the debate stage. And right afterwards went to Boston, the garden, to see Bruce Springsteen. Hey, Bruce! Hey, Stevie Van Zandt! They ignored him. You know, and he's doing the jiggle-wiggle with his belly right there. Oh, God. But I didn't forget what you said back then. Shamuel Hefe, Chris Christie. If you're going to go for the Trump-style stuff in terms of the rhetoric, in terms of the conduct, um, those kind of things, and certainly the election deny, we're not going to vote for you. I think what Republicans came to grips with Tuesday night was we're tired of losing and we're tired of Donald Trump dragging us to lose because of his personal vanity. Did you forget, Chris Christie, what you said at one point when you were inseparable for Donald Trump, when you were his gopher, whenever he needed McDonald's, fish fillets, Diet Coke, and superside uh, fries, you ran to the Mickey D's for him, eating half of it on your way back. Do you remember what you said back then? I can guarantee you that the one person that Hillary and Bill Clinton do not want to see on that stage come next September is Donald Trump. They know how to run the standard political playbook against uh, junior senators um, and run them around the block. They do not know the playbook with Donald Trump because he is rewriting the playbook. He is rewriting the playbook of American politics because he's providing strong leadership that's not dependent upon the status quo. And so uh, the best person to beat Hillary Clinton in November on that stage last night is undoubtedly Donald Trump. Which Shamuel Hefe Chris Christie are we to believe? The one who embraced him, the one who adored Donald Trump, or the one right now who is trying to dance on his political grave? Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. ABC. New York's talk station with the king of New York. Curtis Lewa, 77 WABC. of the many songs that Donald Trump would play on the campaign trail at his rallies. 
And I would say this one was most synonymous with his personality because it didn't matter what you threw at the guy. I remember the Billy Bush incident, remember? Then all of a sudden NBC dropped that bite and everybody turned on him. Rinse out Priebus, the RNC chairman who was from the Badger State, Wisconsin. There was a uh, rally that weekend to stay home. Ryan, who was Speaker of the House, uh, Badger Boy, stay home. I remember, stay home. The only one who said come was Ron Johnson, uh, who is considered the uber-Trumper. Everyone else said, don't come to Wisconsin. You know, in fact, you might want to think of just resigning right now your, uh, no, you know, your nomination and let somebody else, let Pence run. Let's Pence You know what Donald Trump said, F you. I can beat them all. And he had it. And he beat Hillary. Right there in Wisconsin, too. Right there in Wisconsin, too. And in the end, Hillary ran out of gas or just got lazy or mailed it in. And remember, in those final waning days of that campaign, Donald Trump was like, bing, 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 bing. Ricochet rabbit, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Michigan. He was all over. And he snatched victory out of the jaws of defeat. And Hillary Rodham Clinton is still in that fetal position at Jacob Javits Center. By the way, a little update. This is important. Uh, enough of the music here. Because, you know, you listen to Curtis Lever because I know where all the bones are buried and who buried them. 10,000 police officers went to the Jacob Javits Center to take the sergeant's test. It's what happens uh, after a few years. If you want to move up the rank civil service, you got to take a test. 10,000 took the test. And when they came outside, you know who was there to meet and greet them? Recruiters from police departments around America. 25 <laughs> recruiters. Hey, you want to be a sergeant? Why don't you come on down to Norfolk here? We have 13,000 signing bonus. We'll give you free housing for a year. You can be a sergeant. You don't have to worry about waiting for the civil service results. We start you at 72500 Sign on the dotted line. And nobody came outside and told them to move away. Because remember, it takes $100,000 for us to recruit, vet, and train at College Point, a police officer who then graduates and then is assigned to patrol. So imagine, we spend the money, the tax dollars, they get a few years of experience busting their shoes. And then these other police departments come in whenever there's a civil service test. They wait outside now like buzzards and vultures. And the moment they finish taking the test with their sharpened number two pencils, right, they come outside and say, you want to be a sergeant? You don't got to worry about no freaking civil service test. Sign on the dotted line. We pay the moving expense. We give you a living expense for a year. Signing bonus, 72.5, promotional opportunities galore. And you don't have to deal with all of those who want to defund the police. You know how many people were signing up? Oh, absolutely. Never happened before here. Right outside of the test-taking facility. You're hearing it first here on WABC. So I don't just talk about the news. I don't just give you commentary. I don't just talk about the news when I happen to be part of the news, which sometimes is pretty normal, regular. I tell you stories that even the media doesn't know about. And they may catch up to this one in a month of Sundays. But, man, we're in trouble. We have 34,000 police officers. We're at a dangerous level. Cops are leaving under normal circumstances 20 years and they're out. They're leaving early retirement. They're being recruited like uh, was taking place outside the Jacob Javits Center for the sergeant test. And our force is depleted. There hasn't been a penny put back into the police budget since Comrade Bill de Blasio, the part-time mayor, the dope from Park Slope, who single-handedly destroyed this city that we love, along with the city council who hates the police, took a billion dollars out of the budget. Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, you know, 22-year veteran of the police department, most of it a house mouse. He was in the precinct, never put a penny back. In fact, actually took more money out of the budget. So let's get real here. Without cops... There's no security. There's no safety. There's anarchy. And a lot of these cops, they're out of here. And they're going to continue the exodus. And you heard it first here on WABC, your place to be. Let's go right, if we can, to Robert, who's calling from Sussex County. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Robert. Hi, Curtis. 
Yes, Robin. I've got a good, got a good question you can ask. Mayor Adams, if you just even talk to him, whether or not you sit down with him. What's your how question? About how about this? Go ahead. How are you going to pay for your personal trip to Athens and Qatar? And when you go and see your son in Albania? No, no. Let me let me explain to you how it works, Robin. His son, uh, who has uh, claimed he's a rapper, he works for Jay Z, not as a rapper. He works in the film division. Uh, is now competing. Uh, in fact, he he may have already uh, left the stage in the capital of Albania on their version. It's called Albanian Idol. It's a knockoff of American Idol. We played the rap song last night on the other side of midnight. And it got panned by the audience. You know how you have Dick Clark, American Bandstand, years ago, pick a pan, or Don Cornelius, so trained. They would play a cut, and the audience there would say, up, fingers up, fingers out. No, most of our audience said, not only that, he stole the lyrics. He stole the lyrics. <laughs> he, he may get hit with a copyright infringement, but he'll uh, not win unless uh, it's fixed. And let's face it, the Albanians are some of the most corrupt people in the world. Oh, did you say that, Curtis? Hell yes. So if the fix is in, he wins the title. He goes and he visits his father in Athens where he's going to be treated like a big macha, giving a speech on anti-Semitism. Here's a guy who actually followed Screwy Louis Farrakhan and the Nation of Islam in the 90s. Yeah, right. He's the expert on anti-Semitism. And then from there, he's going to fly to Qatar for three days to learn about what kind of security is provided for World Cup. Because in 2026, I might add, a year after he finishes four years, and he well could do a Dinkins, one term and out. At this point, approval rating is at 29% citywide. That's lower than Joe Biden's approval rating uh, throughout the United States. But I digress. And he's going to supposedly learn about how to put on World Cup, even though no World Cup game in 2026 is being played in New York City. The nearest location, the Meadowlands, East Rutherford, uh, Secaucus. What a scam. Want to bet the Bitcoin bandits, the cryptocurrency Ponzi schemers and the blockchain criminals subsidizing this trip because he is their best spokesperson along with that other crook down in Miami, the Republican Mayor Suarez, who thinks he's going to be the future president of the United States over my freaking dead body. Both of them promote cryptocurrency Ponzi scams, Bitcoin bandits, and blockchain criminality. And the guy whose company just imploded, FTX, will be on the stage At Lincoln Center, on November 30th, the New York Times is bringing him there. And he's going to talk about how everybody should invest in Bitcoin and blockchain. I kid you not. The New York Times, the old gray lady, no doubt has quite a few investments in Bitcoin. The Schultzbergers, whoever the hell that family from uh, Nashville, Tennessee is, that pulls the strings there. I guarantee you they've invested in Bitcoin, and they're ready to cash out like so many of you suckers. I mean, investors out there who got taken for a ride. Should have listened to me, Curtis Lewa. Should have listened to the sage of Omaha, Warren Buffett, who said, got to touch and feel the paper. Our own John Katzmatidis, successful businessman in his own right. You got to feel and touch the paper. And to his credit, Donald Trump said, doesn't trust Bitcoin, blockchain, or cryptocurrency. Got to touch the paper. Now, a lot of you would say, well, that's old school. Well, guess what? <laughs> they didn't just implode. FDX did. And if you think you're getting your money from us, the taxpayers, like uh, Wall Street that imploded in 2008 because of the fake subprime mortgages that both sides knew would implode within four or five years, both Democrats and Republicans. And we had to bail you out. Oh, quantitative easing. The, the big banks, uh, you know, they're too big to fail. Nobody went to jail. Nobody went to jail. Nobody's going to go to jail now. And so pay a little fine. And they'll make sure they pay off the right people in the Bahamas, the crooks in the Bahamas, who have given them cover like they have so many other companies. You're going to send your money offshore? How stupid are you? And think you're going to 
that it's going to be protected. You're going to get it back to the Cayman Islands, to Antigua, to Panama, to Switzerland. You think your money is protected? Think again. Might as well send your money to Lagos and Nigeria, right? You know, the guy who sends you the little phishing email. I got a million dollars here from the Nigerian oil company. I can't take it out. If you could send me your bank account number, I will wire it, uh, $100,000 of it. And when I come to the United States, I'll give you a finder's fee. You know, when I get there, you know, maybe give you like $20,000 for just housing the money. And you stupidly give your banking information and they wipe out your account. Psych! And they speak the Queen's English, those Nigerian lads. Yes. He sounded like such a nice young man. Yeah. As long as he's got his hands on your money. Anyway, enough of the white-collar crime. Let's go to Michael, who's calling from New Jersey. Your turn to be heard here at WABC. Michael? Yeah, let me get this straight. This idiot, this moron, this imbecile of a mayor is going to go to Greece to talk about anti-Semitism when he is the mayor of a city where you have black youth going around playing the knockdown game and punching out Jewish women to see if they can put them unconscious with one punch. And he, one of his best friends is Louis Farrakhan, the guy that hates white people and especially hates Jews. And this moron, this imbecile, this, this cockroach is going to go to a meeting on anti Ah, uh, uh, you use the term that Farrakhan uses to describe Jews. He calls them termites. So you called our mayor a cockroach. He's not a cockroach. Well, let's talk about the here and now. Forget the knockout game. That's bad because a lot of Jews get injured and seriously uh, suffer serious mental and physical problems their entire life because of that, because they're being targeted by predominantly blacks. Uh, Let's forget Screwy Louis Farrakhan. Let's look at his two recent friends. When there was Fashion Week, and we know that Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, In fact, tonight I'll tell you where he gets the customized suits. $5,000 a suit. He goes in there and he walks out with five or six, like every week. And remember, they're tailored, they're customized. You have to go in there, you have to stand for a fitting. I'll tell you exactly when, how much the suits are. Because people are like ready to talk about this guy. They can't believe. Where the hell did he get the money to walk in, walk out with $30,000 worth of suits that are going to last in one week? There's no way it's his money. You look at his salary. And by the way, his first three paychecks, remember, he bragged about we're in Bitcoin. Yeah. How did that do, Eric Adams? You notice he ain't getting paid in Bitcoin anymore. But let's look at his two recent friends. Kanye West at the fashion shows. Remember, he was there. He was taking pictures. He was having conversation with Kanye West. All right. It's not like he's always hanging with Kanye West. We give him a pass. Kyrie, right? Kyrie, remember, he gave him the exemption. He didn't have to get the uh, vaccine. You know, that that didn't go over well with all the civil servants who lost their jobs because they couldn't or wouldn't get vaccinated. Cops, firefighters, sanitation workers, healthcare workers, teachers. He said no to the civil servants. You must be vaccinated or you're fired. No excuse. Kyrie, oh, that's my homie. Don't worry. Kyrie's going to take the Brooklyn Nets to the NBA championship. My quantum I. That guy's a schoolball. Turns out he's an anti-Semite. Why doesn't he just stay here and counsel Kyrie, his homie, or summon Kanye for dinner? Since Kanye is like running out of places to go for dinner, right? Go for a vegan dinner or a vegetarian dinner uh, at his two crooked friends restaurant in Midtown, the two felons, the Petrosians, and try to school Kanye out of his anti-Semitic ways, right? Doesn't that make sense? He's got to go to Athens to talk about anti-Semitism. Yeah, but it's just a reason to get the hell out of the city because he doesn't want to answer questions about all the allegations of corruption that are circling the Eric Adams administration. Let's go, if we can, to uh, Mike, who's calling from Mayo Pack. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Mike. Yeah, good afternoon, Curtis. I uh, retired from the 3-2 precinct uh, four and a half years ago. And uh, I all those voters in Brooklyn and in Manhattan that put uh, decisive votes to put Kathy Hochul back in office. 
I don't think they understand how bad the crime in the city is going to get. It's getting worse by the day. Uh, this guy, the last guy I worked with in the 3-2, he retired this past August. He said uh, there's been at least 50 guys that have outright resigned from the 3-2 since the beginning of the year. And that's just not doing their 20. That's just leaving the department. So uh, the city's going to get a lot worse. It's going to get a lot more dangerous on a daily basis. Oh, yeah. And by the way, Eric Adams had a phenomenal opportunity. He hadn't yet been elected mayor. He had just won the very contested Democratic primary that resulted in ranked choice voting for the first time in New York City uh, against two other candidates, Maya Wiley and Kathy Garcia, just barely won. And he ended up going to the White House. They did him a political favor. Joe Biden summoned him to represent New York City at the crime summit in the White House, in the Oval Office. And to his credit, Joe Biden turned to the police commissioners, the mayors that were there. Nobody at uh, Eric Adams' level, let's face it, a borough president, is insignificant compared to those positions. And he offered them money from the stimulus, Mike, to hire cops, hire cops. So he could have brought that message back to Bill de Blasio. Bill de Blasio rejected that offer twice, and then Eric Adams could have said, of course, are you crazy, Bill? Of course we're going to take the money and hire cops. And you know what he said, Mike? He said, no, we're not going to take the money. And now look at the mess we're in. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. WABC. Radio 77 WABC. Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. Let me add a caveat to that promo on somebody who does not forgive nor forget. I'm like the elephant. Yeah, I'm a rhino, no doubt about it. You say Republican in name only. A never-Trumper, but I've been that way since day one. I didn't just jump ship from the SSS Trump. And I've been a truth-teller when it comes to the attempted repatriation, resurrection of Andrew Ivalice Cuomo, King Cuomo II, the son of Mario Faccia Brota Cuomo, King Cuomo I. He's listening right now on our FM affiliate, WLIR, out in the East End. He listens religiously whenever I'm on, as does his brother Fredo, Chris Cuomo, in their compound, the Cuomo compound, with their wartime consigliere, Joe Pococo, who just finished doing six years for political corruption to benefit the Cuomos. And they've hit the mattresses, and they're stirring the marinara sauce, plotting... The Andrew Evilized Cuomo comeback. Because, you see, like Chris Christie, Shamu, of which they were best of friends. Best of friends. Protecting one another on a regular basis when they both would uh, appoint members of the Port Authority, as governors do both in New York and New Jersey. I'll get to that momentarily. But they really believe that we're stupid. Both Chris Christie and Andrew Cuomo. Like we forget Like, we forget five minutes ago what we were talking about. Can't remember what happened five days ago, and never mind five years ago. So I've noticed of late, Andrew Evilize Cuomo is sort of missing ever since a report came out that $11 billion of the unemployment fund in New York State was stolen under his watch. Stolen! We haven't heard from now the new, revived, resurrected, new and improved law and order, Andrew Cuomo. Quiet, Nashbet, one yam, don't talk now and take the code of Omerta. How do you explain $11 billion got stolen under your watch? But most recently, he was talking about the bona fide credentials of what Democrats have to do when it comes to law and order. I don't know why the Democrats, and this is nationwide, I don't know why they can't be more aggressive addressing the issue of crime. You can be a progressive, but you still understand that job one is public safety. Later tonight, you're going to want to be listening from 12 to 6 to the break of dawn, and then tomorrow from 3 to 5, and then onward from 9 to 11. 
as I talk about how the ACLU has now claimed that the Department of Homeland Services through ICE, Le Migra, should release 30,000 detainees, illegal aliens who have committed crimes in their country of origin and here in America as a birthday present because we're celebrating the birthday of the Department of Homeland Security and its Udiskratziada director, Mayorkas. But listen to Andrew Evilais Cuomo talk about the brave men and women of ICE. New York State is the state that says we will not cooperate with ICE. They're a bunch of thugs. He politicized ICE. They're a bunch of thugs. We said we will sue them if they violate any criminal laws in the state of New York. By the way, there's El uh, Jefe Chris Christie. Enough with the Godfather. Who was before the GOP governor's conference, they gave him a standing ovation, and he, like in typical Pinocchio form, uh, said, you know, I supported more Republicans running for gubernatorial office against Democrats than any other Republican governor in charge of the conference. I raised more money, gave more money. Tell that to Ed Cox, who is the former New York State chairman, regular guest of the Katz-Matidis roundtable discussion, as he had a board of flight. With Rob Astorino, who was then the Westchester County Executive, the Republican, Conservative, and Reform Party candidate who was running against Andrew Evilized Cuomo in 2014. He didn't give him a nickel, dime, a penny. They had a fly to Aspen at the Republican Governor's Conference. And Mr. I support Republican, Republican GOP governors and those running against Democrats wouldn't even give them the time of day. The Honorable Ed Cox, a great candidate at the time, Astorino, he gave Cuomo a run for his money. He had no money because Chris Christie wanted to protect his kumbadichich, Andrew Evilized Cuomo. Shabu! El Jefe, Chris Christie. Just remember, Chris Christie, I know that some of your sickle fans and toadies and lackeys are listening down there in the Jersey Shore where we have more Jersey listeners per capita per person than any other area in our tri-state area. I know they're going to drop dime on me and wrap me out. That's right, Chris. I eat the Parmesan cheese, and I'm not sharing it with you. And Andrew Evilized Cuomo, every time you try to resurrect yourself like a political zombie, I'm going to beat you back down into your political grave by telling people what you actually have said in the past, that you're now trying revisionism over. How ICE are thugs. Brave men and women who each day wake up, they put on a bulletproof vest, and they go out and deal with criminal illegal aliens. Who are sex traffickers, narco-terrorists, gangbangers, killers, rapists, marauders. You are the scratziata, Cuomo. See you at 12 midnight. Better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC.